Hello, everybody, and welcome to Up All Night, an Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today, and as always, is Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? I'm doing good, Cortland. Awesome. Today we're getting into episode three, Tale of the Lonely Ghost. But before we get into that, Brandon, how you doing this week? I haven't talked to you in a whole week. Uh, I'm doing fine. Doing good. Anything interesting happened to you this week? Um, I got that new Yoshi game for the Switch. Oh, yeah. How's that? The game itself is okay, but I yeah. hate playing it. Uh, oh, that's kind of weird. Uh, yeah, I'm playing it co-op with my wife. Yeah. And it is like the most infuriating game I've ever played. <laughs> so do you remember you like, do you remember new Super Mario Bros when you'd bounce yes. off each other's heads and kill each other? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Well, in this, and they advertise it as a feature. Like, when you start the game, the first thing it says is, hey, you can jump on each other and you'll be able to do stuff. And and it's just constantly, everywhere you go, you just get sucked onto the other Yoshi's back. (laughs) And you you just can't escape. And it's, it's every few seconds. So, is it like every jump over the pit is like... You know, you gotta prep yourself up, and you're like, and then you just take the jump, and and like the other person just jumps on your head, and you fall right into the pit. The thing is, there isn't even really pits in the game. Like as far as platforming goes, it's incredibly easy and simple. It's just the fact that everywhere you want to go, it doesn't matter because you just get absorbed <laughs> into the other Yoshi. And it's such like a small, stupid thing, but it's just every second. So aside from that, do you have fun with it? Oh yeah, the game's great. Okay, good, good. Well, that's good. I mean, I haven't gotten any new games at all recently. I've been mostly I've been working on editing, but that's okay because I enjoy it. Um, but I did start. Um, you know, I like my Resident Evil. Uh, I've been playing Resident oh, Evil yeah. Two still, and I started um, a hardcore run for Leon. Oh, yeah? That I'm, like, halfway through. What is this, like, your 30th yeah. playthrough of that now? Um, I think it's my fifth. I think it's my fifth. That's it? Pathetic. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm almost done getting all the trophies now, so all I got left is to do Leon and Claire on Hardcore, and then uh, I think just Hunk, and that's it. All right. Hunk it yeah. up. So are you ready to get down into this episode? Yeah. Let's do it. So I feel really bad because last week I kind of gave you the impression that this episode wasn't going to be a good one. And after I watched it, I like this episode. Do you like this episode more than the last episode? The tale Uh, of laughing in the dark. mm, I don't know. I think they might be like, you know what? I'm going to say I do like it more than tale of laughing in the dark. Wow. Yeah. I think I do. All right. So let's get into it. Let's, I mean, what about you? Do you like it more than, did you like it more? Did you like it? I liked parts of this episode. I liked aspects of this episode. Yeah. But well, yeah, that's good. we'll get into it. Yeah, let's find out why I like it so much. So the episode starts off. Um, Kristen is walking through the woods solo and she hears a wolf howl, right? So she turns around and she's like, hello. Yeah. Like the wolf's going to (laughs) answer back. 
Yeah, like she's like Pocahontas or like Eliza Thornberry, maybe. And she it is so animals. bright in those woods. It is. Like it's yeah. it's pure daylight. Pretty much. So she's walking, and um, then David David touches her. Wait, is that what happens? Yeah. Who yeah, has David been in this show before? Because I don't remember him. <laughs> so David is the the kid in the first episode that sponsors Frank. Oh, okay. Yeah. He um he touches Kristen and says sorry like like twice in a row, like rapid fire. He Yeah, it's a reflex. Yeah. <laughs> I can you know, I say sorry a lot too, so I can They're like in the middle of the woods in the dark. He could have just said, Oh hey Kristen instead of like sidling up beside her and tapping her on the shoulder while she's like freaking out. Yeah, well instead they both hear this wolf howl, so he takes that as like an opportune time to just like scare her a little bit on there accident. There are so many wolves in those woods. They should really find somewhere else. They should. You know, they should I would not deal with that shit because I would hear a wolf howl and I'd be like, Gary, we need to find a new spot. <laughs> this is insane. It's been week but after she's week. She's scared of clowns, not wolves. She's got like a fear of something that probably won't eat her versus something that will. Yeah. Zebo only eats pudding. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so he gives Kristen a birthday present and Kristen asks David, how did you know my birthday's next week? And considering these kids don't even go to the same school, I wondered the same thing. Yeah, we never find out. Yeah, obviously David's a stalker. <sighs> yeah. She, like, seems pretty disinterested in the present, though. She's like, I'll open this later. Well, she did just hear a wolf howl. I understand that. It takes, like, five seconds to open a gift and say thanks, but she's like, oh, let's just go. Well, you know what? Her birthday isn't even until next week, so... She has no obligation to open it right now. She could just take that home and open it at her leisure. I mean, if they meet every week, he should have given it to her at the next meeting when it was her birthday. (laughs) Yeah, right. That's what I said at the end, but we're not at the end. We're at the beginning. (laughs) So we get over to the campfire, um, and everybody else is already there. Eric is throwing marshmallows into the air and catching them in his mouth. Kiki's being a sassy, like always. And then Frank... So Eric goes to throw another marshmallow up in the air to catch in his mouth, and Frank dumps some water from his canteen into Eric's mouth. Yeah, he mouth. waterboards. So. <laughs> yeah. Eric gets up upset and is like, you, I could have choked on that. And then he starts to push Frank. And I feel like Eric is totally in the right here. I mean, you're right. He did waterboard him. Yeah, Frank's uh, kind of a jerk. He is, yeah. So Gary tells him to cut that shit out and walks the angry five-year-old Eric away from Frank. <laughs> they all sit down and it's time for it's time for the story to begin. So this week it's David telling the story and he starts by saying it's about two kids that don't get along. Which because they're so different from each other. <laughs> well, I'm like And I thought, "Oh, is this the tale of the Phantom Cab again?" No, it's probably the tale of Laughing in the Dark, where two best friends like hate each other, but they're still best friends. That's just this show. Yeah, that's what I said. This sums up every single story we've had gotten so far. It's always two people <laughs> who hate each other. He says it's also about a love so strong it could survive anything, even death forever. Death forever. Yeah, Gary and Betty Ann are like, intrigued by this. That's metal. It is. So he throws the sugar into the fire. We get the tale of the lonely ghost and the episode begins so the episode begins with a sign falling over a for sale sign um within the very first second 
of this scene. Uh, David says it's the beginning of summer vacation. Every kid is psyched except for Amanda. And Amanda is in a car with a woman who stops the car, looks at Amanda and says, We're here. Everybody out. <laughs> Amanda's parents are some kind of scientists, as David says. And they had yeah, to travel. I like that. It's like he couldn't even think of a type of scientist. I know. Just some kind of scientist. They had to travel up north to study um, English stone carvings. I don't know. I could. I replayed this over and over again, and I had no idea what David said. Her mom and dad were some kind of scientists who had to travel up north to study Inuit stone carvings. Did you have that problem, too? Um, I mean, I only listened to it once, but I was like, I get the gist. They're some kind of scientists. They're doing science. Yeah. <laughs> so they study stone carvings, I guess. They study science. Perhaps perhaps English stone carvings or not. I don't know. It's either English stone carvings or not. There's no other options. Exactly. Because uh, I played that back like a dozen times and I have no idea what David said. Um, Amanda has to stay with her Aunt Dottie for the summer. Who, um, uh, probably the first parent figure that has ever graced this show, I would say. Yeah, I had the same thought. Yeah. The first, like, real adult that isn't Dr. Vink or a Carney yeah. or Flynn. The first non-murderous adult. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie, man. She's like, she she gets that, like, sociopath vibe well, from me. Yeah, I guess I don't know what, what she's really up to, but. Who knows what's going on in that brain of her. She is the weirdest. She's not showing brains to Amanda, so that's a start. No, yeah. yeah I totally agree. So they get out of the car, they start unpacking, and Dottie asks her why her shit's so heavy. And Amanda has just a bunch of books with her, which that she doesn't ever... It never shows her reading, so I don't no, know why No, it's they implied that she reads a lot, but like... Well, her parents are yeah. some sort of scientists, so... Yeah, of course. They're intelligent, she must be intelligent. She never reads a book while we watch it, though, so whatever. Yeah, and Dottie is like, these aren't books, they're encyclopedias. Yeah, right. It's like, yeah, okay. Uh, Dottie, Dottie calls up to her daughter, Beth, to come down and give him a hand, but Beth doesn't come down. So she calls out from outside up to Beth's window, right? Yeah, she calls like 30 times. Yeah, to a closed She's window. She's like, Beth? 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 Bethy? Beth? <laughs> Bethany, Beth, Beth, <laughs> Lil B. <laughs> so she's calling out from outside to a closed window. Beth, <laughs> uh, Beth doesn't answer, um, and Aunt Dottie tells Amanda that's probably because Beth is on the phone again, and they'll just have to unpack it themselves, which is fine because there's only like one suitcase anyway. So yeah, all she has is books. Yeah, Dottie's crazy. She walks away. Amanda looks up at Beth's window, and Beth is there. She's looking it's back such at a it. horrifying shot. It is. She's got her phone Beth in her hand. It's just like glaring out the window like a <laughs> horror monster. Yeah. And the music gets like so creepy. It's like yeah. Beth, 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 Beth. Yeah, it's great. David says that this summer, uh, essentially, this summer is going to suck for Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be the worst yeah you kind of get that impression right away yeah and by summer he means like two days because that's all we get in this story uh 
They start getting her luggage moving when Amanda hears a banging. Uh, Dottie doesn't hear it. And Amanda says it sounds like a banging coming from over there. And she points to she another house. She looks so concerned, like, right away when she hears this banging. But, like, you hear noises when you're outside. And yeah. you don't immediately go, like, oh, is that a murderer? <laughs> well, maybe Amanda... Is that some kind of lonely ghost? <laughs> maybe Amanda had some sort of trauma in her life. The interesting part to me, though, isn't that she reacts to it right away. But... She points to the house, which, um, the shot that the, the show gives us, the house is pretty far away. And the banging that she heard sounds like it was, like, right from the car that they're right next to. Makes it even creepier. Yeah, I think it's just... Hmm. Why wouldn't she point to the car? It, it sounds like it came from the car and you're pointing a mile away to a house, but... Yeah, and Dottie's like, what? It's nothing. There's no sound. Yeah, she, Dottie says, oh, it's not that place. No one's been there for years. And Dottie should know about that because she's a real estate agent and she's been trying to sell this house even though nobody has looked at it and nobody wants to look at it. Then Dottie gasps really loud for like oh my God. three seconds. She's like, <laughs> it's oh! hilarious. I can't even get people to look at the place. <laughs> I wish it would just... <gasps> she's in the middle of a <laughs> sentence. Yeah. She's like, oh, that old house. <gasps> <laughs> She's just like, and looking. you think it's like something horrifying, and no. then yeah, that... no, the sign fell down. You would think it was like she's seen a lonely ghost, but <laughs> no, there's just the sign, the sign that we seen at the beginning that fell down. Uh, Dottie just seen that, and then she goes over there, she picks it up, and then walks away, and it immediately falls down again. <laughs> She doesn't care about yeah. it then. Well, good thing she didn't turn around and see it, or we'd be treated to another just gasp. gasps all episode. Yeah, this is the whole episode, is that she gasps, she picks up the sign, it falls over, she turns around, she gasps. It's just an endless loop. So the next scene is when we meet Beth. <laughs> the uh, Beth. The Beth. She's uh, chit-chatting on her phone. She already... Let's describe Beth. Okay. You know what? Let's describe Amanda first, because we didn't really describe her. No, and I made notes about that and skipped to them. Did you? I didn't make any notes about it. <laughs> um. So, uh, let's describe Amanda before we get into Beth, who is in the next scene. Amanda is... um, She's normal. I think she's probably the most normal person I feel so like... The writers had a note for her that just said nerd underlined like 10 times. Yeah. She's dressed like a middle-aged man. She is. Her shirt is She's got in. a button-up shirt tucked into her sensible slacks. <laughs> you know what um you know what I noticed that I'm sure you probably noticed too is that her aunt Dottie constantly like adjusts her clothing for her and then amanda will immediately like readjust it no i didn't notice that it happens like at least three times like every time wow. they interact with each other aunt Dottie will like move her shirt up around her neck and stuff and just like be really weird about it and then amanda will immediately like readjust herself so that it's comfortable like it was so it didn't even i don't know if it was just they told her to aunt dotty to do that like if this was 
part of the what episode or if it just like that is what the actress That's did. Such a like, very seamless. subtle detail, but like, why yeah. would they write that in? I don't know. Because Aunt, Aunt <sighs> Dottie's not even. Does that explain Beth in any way? I don't think so. Because Aunt Dottie really isn't even. She's the least important character, I would say. Yeah. Very yeah. much. So, um, yeah, Amanda's. I, I, I think she's the most normal character we've had so far. Um, but she's pretty boring. And I yeah, I don't want to say that about her, but it's true. I'd say she's the most likable character. And it's because yeah. like, she's the only character in this show so far that isn't either a jerk or Buzz. Yeah. She's not a bad actress. Um, she isn't ugly. And, I mean, other than being just kind of boring a little bit, she doesn't have that much personality, but she, I like watching her, you know. She likes encyclopedias is about all we yeah. get out of her. And then we have her polar opposite, Beth. So, which means, I guess she's just, I find Beth interesting, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, Beth is just a bitch. She like, is. I don't like. I don't know how to put it more. <laughs> That's more nuanced. I'm gonna she's say just, she's a cunt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although in Australia, that's more of a term of endearment. No, is it? Yeah. Um, Beth, she's just. I don't know if she's like spoiled exactly, but she's just. She sucks. Yeah, she's a huge bitch. Uh, and the next scene, it's Beth chit-chatting on the phone, and she's already making fun of Amanda, just calling her a dweeb and making fun of the way that she's dressed. Yeah, she said, like, she doesn't want to have to babysit her all summer. Yes. Like, they're, like, the same age. They are. And this is what we are treated to with Beth, because every scene she's in, especially when she's with Amanda, she's just bitching about Amanda. Yeah. Aunt Dottie barges into a, uh, Beth's room with Amanda... I just gotta say that I'm having a tough time, like, describing Beth, even though she's, like, the most interesting character in the series so far. Yeah, it's okay. She So Beth has red hair, so she's another ginger. I don't know if that's a thing in Canada or what, but... So she's got long red hair that's, like, she's got the these powerful bangs... They're just oh, her everywhere. Hair is sprayed up. She is like the typical eighties, late eighties, like bitch. And she like, thinks she is the shit. She does. Yes, she is like she commands her presence to everybody that she meets. She is. She's a force to be reckoned with. I guess she's like a bitch, but also like easily taken down. I don't know. She is very difficult to, to describe. Yeah. She's just Beth, you know? Aunt Dottie walks into the, the room, um, into Beth's room with Amanda. Um, the two girls say hi to each other like they don't want to talk to each other whatsoever. No, Beth's like, hi. Yeah, Amanda's like, hi. Beth is like, hi. It's great. Beth's room decorations are stupid. 
<laughs> yeah, she looks like like her room looks like it would be for uh eight year old girl. It's just littered. Yep. Absolutely littered with stuffed animals. Stuffed animals are everywhere. There's a couple of magazine clippings that are taped to the wall. <sighs> yeah, just the prerequisite for teenage girl. pop stars and yeah. It, and you know what? Models. The one that so they show it um one with Amanda on one of the walls, and it's like they the people that designed the set they cut out some magazine clippings and pasted them on the wall, and then they just kind of were like, eh, that's enough. Because you know, she only has like six <laughs> it's of them. It's pretty sparse, yeah. actually. For for it even being like, it should just be there, like go all the way. You know, the whole wall. Or should just have put it. a poster. Yeah, or a poster. Well, they probably didn't want kids on the block poster. I don't know. They probably didn't want to pay for that or something. Who knows? So the girls turns out the girls are going to be sharing their bed. <laughs> turns out the girls are going to be sharing the same room together. Um, and Aunt Dottie says that way. That they can stay up all night and giggle and talk to each other. And I said, Beth, Beth and her sweet red hair, gaudy earrings, and incredible late 80s, early 90s bangs give Amanda a once-over. And all that is just not impressed with Amanda. And then Dottie says that Nanny used to sleep here with Beth when Beth was but a baby. And then she scoots out the door for the girls to get to get, get to know each other. Beth gets really shitty with Amanda right away, saying, if you think I'm going to hang out with you all summer, you're nuts. Amanda suggests, well, why don't we just hang out with your friends then? And Beth says, you don't even know my friends? And Amanda's like, well, we can just we'll get to know each other. Beth tells her, mm, I don't think so. At first, you got to prove, prove that you're not a Zeeb. <laughs> and they, they say that like... I like that word. Well, they say that twice in the episode, and then once the at the end, the Midnight Society say zeep too and I'm, is that a thing that people said i don't know the only thing i could think is that they're trying to link like zeep as in zebo the clown maybe they were trying to make that a thing but zebo's cool so why would being a zeep be a bad thing i don't know i mean he was the antagonist of the last episode so i don't know so beth says if you want to hang out with us there's some rules that you got to follow Basically, Beth makes Amanda her slave. She has to pick up her yeah, toys. It's ridiculous. Like, she she builds up, like, being able to hang out with her friends. Like, it's such an amazing prize. But who the hell would want to hang out with Beth anyway? Um, Like, Amanda would be better off alone with her encyclopedias or just going and making her own friends. She's got all summer. She does, yeah. You're right. Go down to the library and meet some other nerds. I'm going to give it to Beth, though. She's got more friends than I do. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, be more of a bitch. I guess I should. i got to channel my inner Beth and Kiki and just ruin people's lives. Uh, Beth doesn't like her room being a mess, and she tells her, she tells Amanda right away to clean up her room. So Amanda starts putting her toys back on the bed. Uh, Beth also tells Amanda that she can't snitch to Dottie or Nanny, and Amanda is unfazed. So Beth comes up with some bullshit initiation trial where Amanda has to spend the night in a haunted house. The haunted house next door. Exactly. So the next scene, Amanda's writing what I said was an exceptionally generic note to her parents. It's like, hello, yeah, she's mother and father. reading it out loud as she's writing it, <laughs> yeah. as people do. Yeah, I mean, I do. 
Uh, the first night I'm there, I always write a note to my mom and dad that says, Hello, mother and father. I am doing well. How are you doing? So after Amanda just talks about her boring note, a random old lady just starts walking up the stairs. And um, yeah, I was like, what the hell is this thing? Yeah, it's like a home invader. Um, I was like, is this the lonely ghost? <laughs> right. <laughs> so it turns out to be Nanny. Yes, the oft-mentioned but never seen Nanny yeah, until now. Right. So, She's mentioned like 30 times before she shows up. Yeah, but when she appears, it's just like she walks up the stairs. Amanda stands up and instead of being like, who the fuck are you? She just kind of walks slowly towards her. Mm-hmm. Um, the old lady introduces herself as Nanny. So Nanny's lived with Aunt Dottie and Beth since Beth was a baby. You know, we got that canon figured out. And Amanda's never met Nanny, right? And this is the first time that they're meeting. Because she's like, oh, you must be Amanda, you know. And I'm like... Well, she is old, so... Yeah, she is. Forgotten. But she's been... She's lived with Aunt Dottie and Beth this whole time. Never met Amanda. So does that mean Amanda's just never gone and visited? Or do they just never... I don't know. She must just never have visited, I guess. Probably. I guess so. So Beth... Who would want to visit Beth? That's true. I, you're right. Um, You know what? Let's, be, let's talk again about Beth for a second here. So Aunt Dottie, yeah, she's crazy... And Beth, but Beth is like this huge total bitch. How did she get that way? Like, is Aunt Dottie just is not a good mother, I guess, because she has let this daughter run rampant and become a huge bitch. Right? I'm right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, where's the dad in this scenario? Is he dead? Are they divorced? They never say. Did he run off with another woman? I'm going to say that. Beth has some daddy issues. Um, yeah, you're right. Maybe that's why she's just a huge bitch. And this is just further shown to us because Beth opens up her door and just starts screaming. No! If you touch our contaminated wrinkly old hit, I'll never let you touch my things again. At Amanda, (laughs) that you cannot touch this woman. It's insane. It, it really is. She opens the door and she screams. She if you touch... opens the door and says, no! Yes. <laughs> she opens the door, screams no, and says, if you touch her contaminated, wrinkly old Anne, I'll never let you touch my things again. <laughs> oh no, not the teddy bears. I know. Yeah. Whatever will she do? She lives for them fucking teddy bears. So then she slams That's all the door. she has. <laughs> she's got, hey, she's got newspaper clippings on her walls, too. Oh, Amanda can't touch her newspaper clippings. <laughs> She'll never be able to clean her room after her. Oh, man. Oh, man. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your little B. Thank you so much for listening to episode three of our Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. Brandon and I are having such a good time making this podcast each week, and it's been such a great hobby for us to get into. Like I said in our intro episode, Brandon and I have not seen each other in years, so getting together each week and talking over Skype to record the podcast has been great. It's like we're back in Brandon's living room watching B-horror movies and making fun of them all over again. 
We're both really looking forward to hearing from you guys. If you have any questions, comments, or anything really, our inbox is always open. Email us at privateislandpresents at gmail.com. Get at us on Instagram at privateislandpresents for pictures of the episodes, uh, caption this image game, and maybe more goodies. Who knows? For updates on when episodes are going live and any other tidbits, follow us on Twitter. That's at PRVT Island. We also have a Twitch channel where I will be doing some live stream editing. So if you want some behind the scenes on how the episodes are made, look for me there. That's at PRVT Island. Thank you so much again for downloading and listening to our podcast. If you like what you hear, just go ahead and give us a review on the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to this from. Also, word of mouth is a big contributor to podcast growth. If you have any friends or family members who grew up with the Are You Afraid of the Dark show and you think that they'd like this podcast, just tell them about it. Thanks again for listening, everyone. I'll let you get back to Episode 3, The Tale of the Lonely Ghosts. Until next week, bye guys. Anyway, so this whole situation, I'm like, what the fuck? This nanny's lived with her, and you're saying that kind of shit right, basically right to her face. Not to touch her old, contaminated, wrinkly hands. Like, Beth used to be slapped, as she does. Nanny just turns right around walks right down the stairs. She's like, enough of this shit, I'm out of here. Yeah, I'm sure she's used to it. Amanda goes into Beth's room. She, she has to be, with living in this situation. Uh, Amanda goes into Beth's room and Beth is just like standing there with her arms crossed like <laughs> I thought it was really funny. Yeah, she's looking. standing in front of the door and then like Amanda opens the door into her and she's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. like she didn't expect that. Yeah, yeah. So Amanda goes into Beth's room and Beth tells her that that was her nanny and she wants her gone. The reason is because Beth is just too old to have a nanny. And also that Nanny's weird. That's that's why Beth doesn't like Nanny. I mean, I'll give that to her. Nanny does seem pretty weird. Okay, yeah, you're right. Especially when you compare him to Dottie and Beth, because, I mean, those are the only other two people that live in the house. She's very weird in comparison, I suppose. Beth says that Nanny is always watching her, uh, which, would that be her fucking job? <laughs> I mean, if she's a nanny, yeah. I guess. Yeah, she's supposed to be there to watch and protect her. Um, Beth says that she must have gone crazy from the ghost that lives in the house next door. And then she attempts Amanda with Sally's incredible pool party on Saturday. But Amanda has, still has to do the initiation, which they set for tomorrow night. So Amanda's going to be staying in the haunted house tomorrow night. That's the plan. The next day, Amanda is bringing down some clothes from upstairs, bumps into Nanny, who drops, like, a charm or a necklace or something. Then Nanny takes Beth's laundry from Amanda and tells her that she won't say anything about doing laundry, so Nanny must not be able to touch Beth's clothes. Well, she doesn't want Nanny to touch anything of hers, or to touch anything that that touches her stuff. Touches anything that touches her stuff. (laughs) Um... Nanny is just an infectious disease. She, is, she needs that to be spreads called. through the house. <laughs> Beth argues with her mom about kicking out Nanny, and Dottie says loudly. They have this discussion loudly. Yeah, Nanny hears everything. 
Dottie says she wishes she could kick out Nanny, but then Nanny would be homeless. So she just begrudgingly keeps Nanny around. And it's just really sad. Nanny looks like she's, yeah. she's sad about the whole situation. And then this is the, the instance where I definitely noticed Dottie trying to fix up Amanda's clothing. Dottie trying to fix up Amanda's clothing and then Amanda like loosens them back out right away. It's weird. It's fucking weird. That's what I said. Dottie heads out the door and Beth delivers the best line ever. She goes, I'm going roller skating. Don't touch my stuff. I'm going roller skating. Don't touch my stuff. <laughs> it's the best. It's my favorite line. Uh, that It's pretty good. Her delivery is excellent. It is. As much as as much as Beth is a bitch, yeah. as a character, I like her. I like her too. I think she's She's interesting to watch. Is her performance is a tour de force. Yeah, right. <laughs> so the next scene, um, we're showing a gaggle of gals outside the haunted house. It's nighttime. Um, there's Amanda. Beth's legendary friends. Yes, yes. There's Amanda, Beth, and Beth's friends. And Beth tells the story of why the house is haunted. She says, a long, long time ago, there was a little girl that lived there um, that everybody made fun of because she couldn't talk. And then one of the girls suggests that perhaps the little girl was deaf. And Amanda's like, shut the fuck up and listen to my story. So one day the girl's father gets sick in the war. I just gotta say, at this point we're listening to a ghost story within a ghost story. Mm. Yeah, you're right, huh? It's crazy. So, one day the girl's father gets sick in, quote-unquote, the war. And her mother went to go tend to him. Which war do you think it was? Do you think it was World War II or Vietnam? Um, It was the war. The war. The war on drugs. Wow, that. Well, how old is Nanny? Um, like, I'd say she's probably like sixty-five, maybe. She looks good right. for her age, in my opinion, though. Yeah, not too bad. I would personally, because I, you got to get the mindset that this is like nineteen ninety. So, uh, World War Two was like what? 50? Yeah, I'm gonna say it's World War Two. I'm gonna go with World War Two too, because. Like later on when they show, they show the locket. I mean, it looks kind of, it's like black and white and, you know, the girl kind of, like the styling kind of looks like it would be World War II, right? Yes. Okay. So now that we have that very important context set up. Yes. So the mother went to go tend to the girl's father who got sick during the war. and World War II. The little girl, yeah, the little girl was sent to go live with her grandmother but she didn't end up making it because the mean kids surrounded her on her way to her grandmother's house. She tried to get away, but the mean kids followed her to her own house and locked her in her own bedroom, and she died because no one knew she was in there. It seems like a very... I have questions. Okay, go ahead. Uh, they say that the grandma didn't know that she was coming. Right. Like, you just ship off your daughter, and, like, they had telephones back then, right? Mm, yeah, I think so. I mean, you'd give a ring to Granny and say, hey, I'm giving custody of my child to you. Uh, she's coming in yes. half an hour or whatever. So, my take on it is that 
she got news via carrier pigeon that her husband was sick and she dropped everything told her daughter to get the get get out of my house go to your grandmother's and left immediately to go tend to her husband and and she didn't even bother to tell her grandmother that well this girl's old enough to call her grandma herself no yeah you're right because it's not like this little girl can say anything because she's deaf allegedly she can't talk good point so the most interesting part to me is that this seems like a very anti-bullying story right but yeah. it's told by the biggest bully bitch that we've met so far in the series. Yeah. Like, it's a sad story, in my opinion. And, and clearly she's learned the best lesson from it. Yeah, right? Don't bully people, all right? Yeah. Don't force them into a house where somebody died because they were forced into a house. <sighs> Beth hands Amanda a flashlight and the keys to the house, taunts her a little more. Amanda agrees to go in, saying she doesn't believe in ghosts. And away she goes. The gals move in closer together and laugh about how Amanda thinks that they had actually all stayed the night in that house. Which is a silly thing to say out loud, actually. Well, I mean, they probably figured she was far enough away. Yeah, it's it's not the fact that she could hear her. It's the fact that they all know they didn't do it. So it's like, why even say it? Oh my gosh, yeah, you're right. (laughs) I didn't think about that. Uh, Amanda enters the house and walks around with a flashlight, hears some children's laughter, and, uh, you know, assumes it's from Beth. Yeah, that's a common thing in this show, is the, I know you're trying to scare me, sort of thing. Yeah, it has happened in every episode so far, right? I think so. Because they thought that the swaying branches was Flynn, uh, Josh thought that the phone call from Zebo was Ouija, and now... Amanda thinks that the little girl or the little Amanda thinks that the laughter is from Beth. Yeah. Amanda heads upstairs and straight into a bedroom where she hears a knock. Um, she turns around to face the mirror in the room, drops her flashlight. She picks up the flashlight, turns back around, looks at the wall and written on it is help me backwards. So it's Emple. 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 She looks in the mirror and sees that the backwards letters is help me then the mirror flashes and a little girl can be seen in it amanda screams and the little girl like reaches out her hand to amanda but amanda gets the fuck out of that room i think amanda gives a pretty good like the best scream so far of the series too yeah i wrote that down like it's the first actual scream yeah that's not just uh yeah she kind of she gives a good performance for it like she it's believable you just i you just yeah. seen a ghost pop out of a mirror you scream it's believable and she does it twice because there's a scream and then a commercial break and then it comes back <laughs> and she screams again yeah um you're right i think that's like a, a a thing for this show is to do a commercial break mid-scream and then come back to screaming so amanda runs out of the room runs outside through the yard back into her aunt's house up the stairs and right into beth's room and Nanny walks out of her own room and just kind of stands in the hallway for no real reason for a few seconds. And then she just shuffles back into her own room. Um, Like, I feel like they're trying to be like, oh, she, Nanny knew that Amanda was in the haunted house. Yeah. But um, later on, Nanny doesn't want anything to do with the haunted house anyway. So, like, it makes it look like she wanted to talk to Amanda about it, but then... I don't know. 
Well, what I think is she told Aunt Dottie that Amanda was in the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could be it. So she heard somebody running through the house and didn't know what to expect, so she walked out and seen what was going on? Yes. Yeah, whatever. It's stupid, boring. Why'd they do it? I don't know. We'll never know. Then we get a nice little um, Midnight Society interlude. David tells us that Amanda's home alone with Nanny um, because her aunt's working late and Beth went to Sally's house. This interlude basically is just like exp- yeah, explaining. They just ask a lot of questions and argue about the story. It's like, just stop interluding and listen to the story. You'll have exactly. all your questions answered. So uh, Frank and Eric, they kind of get into it. Frank thinks that Nanny's a lunatic and that Amanda was better off just staying with the ghost. Eric disagrees. And Gary shuts that shit down, tells David to get back on with the story. David gets back into the story right away, uh, saying that Amanda sung like a bird to Aunt Dottie when she got home from work. She told him all about Beth's plans, basically. And the next scene, there's two buckets full of soapy water. They're dropping right in front of the two girls. Beth is like, what the fuck is this? And Dottie explains that she's very disappointed in them. She hands them sponges and says she doesn't know who wrote all over the walls. And quite frankly, she doesn't give a shit. Beth rightfully says it wasn't her and gives Amanda this intense death stare. Uh, It reminded me of Luigi from Mario Kart for, um, you know, Mario Kart Deluxe when you... Oh, yeah. When he would throw something at somebody, it hits him, and Luigi passes by and just gives that death stare. It's great. Yeah, Beth gives a good death stare. She does. Like honestly, she's she's a good actress. She does bitch well. I don't know if she got Has any this more actress work been this. in anything. Yeah, anything I don't else? Know. I would hope she is because I like her. Well, we'll never know. This is the last time that uh, Aunt Dottie messes with Amanda's clothes. And Amanda readjusts them. Aunt Dottie ushers them out of the house, even though Amanda's like, um, I don't want to go there, there's a ghost. But Aunt Dottie doesn't really give a shit. They walk to the house, and continuing into the house, Beth bitches about Amanda, to Amanda, about how much of a chicken she is, and a narc. They make their way... Twerpy chicken? Yeah, I would say so, because um, she... Amanda, like, stalls at the stairs, and Beth is like, uh, you know, it's fucking daytime. Let's just go up there. You can't be that scared. And I'm, like, totally in agreement with Beth. She didn't do this shit. She shouldn't have to clean it, and Amanda shouldn't be scared. It's daytime. Come on. I mean, neither of them did that. That's true. It was the ghost. The ghost should clean that shit up. Drop a bucket in front of that mirror. (laughs) So the girls get into the bedroom. Beth continues to talk shit about Amanda to Amanda, but Amanda isn't paying attention anymore because she's looking all around the room. The camera pans around the room, and there's just a bunch of backward help me's everywhere. Like, that lonely ghost was getting busy writing up all that messages on the walls. Amanda and Beth look into the mirror, and it flashes and changes to a fully furnished room. The door closes behind them. Amanda begs Beth to leave, but Beth is just fixated on this room in the mirror, because it has this huge collection of stuffed animals and dolls everywhere. And as it was the only thing she cares about. Yeah. It was shown earlier in the episode that she just loves stuffed animals. So Beth just slowly yeah, Beth moves towards the mirror and she walks straight through it. <laughs> okay. So when I was a kid, I remember this episode very well, not because of Beth, but because of this part where she walks into the mirror and it scared me a lot as a kid. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. Just 
The thought of getting trapped in a mirror world? I don't know. I don't like that. Did you ever watch the Alice in Wonderland, like, Disney Channel show in the 90s? I remember it really vaguely. Pretty sure she, like, goes through a mirror to get to Wonderland in that show. It reminded me of that. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I remember the intro for it just a little bit. Um, It is like that. So Beth, like, pushes her hand into it and walks through the mirror, and then the lonely ghost comes out of the mirror. Um, Yeah. I don't Trade know. places. Like, I remember when I seen that as a kid, I was so scared that I got under my mom's bed and watched the rest of the episode. I was weird, apparently, because who goes under the bed when they're scared? Isn't that where the monsters are? Eh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Um, the monsters are in the mirror. You know what I think it was? When I was a kid, we had a VHS taping of the movie Ewoks. This was before I even knew Ewoks were part of, like, Star Wars. So I just thought it was just a standalone Ewok movie. And there's a scene in there where um, the kid touches, like, um, the top of, like, a lake. And then he transports under the water and is, like, banging on the surface of the water and can't... He's drowning, you know? And it, I, don't, I don't know. Just, like, the idea of, like, being sucked into stuff like that, I guess, I just... I didn't like it. Okay, so Beth gets sucked into the mirror, um, and the little girl comes out, and she... Amanda says, Beth, no! Beth, no! <laughs> I wrote that down to you. Like, to make up for her really good scream earlier, she had to give just a, <laughs> a terrible... Yeah, you're right. As uh, Beth is walking towards the mirror, Amanda's like, Beth, no! <laughs> So the little girl that walks out of the mirror has one of those necklaces in her hand, just like how Nanny had. Amanda's screaming and tries to leave, but the door's locked. Um, but it's okay because the ghost doesn't try to hurt her or anything. Um, no, the ghost doesn't do anything. No, she doesn't. She doesn't talk because we're assuming that this is the girl that got made, of, uh, made fun of for not talking. Um, but she hands the necklace over to Amanda, um, and it's Nanny in the picture. The ghost is the daughter of Nanny. Yeah, Amanda asks the ghost, like, is Nanny your mother? And the ghost nods. Yep. And I was just thinking, is Nanny her name? Nanny is her name, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, she's a nanny named Nanny. Yep. Alright, she knew what she wanted to do. and Yeah, her mom was like, I will name you Nanny so that you can be a nanny now and forever. And they rolled with it and she got a job as a nanny. After her daughter died. Well, good for her. I agree. So the ghost needs some help. Uh, Amanda's like, well, if you open up the door, I'll go and get Nanny. Beth is trapped in the mirror right now. You can see her. She's banging on it. (laughs) I say just leave her there. I would, too. Beth has never been anything but horrible to Amanda. She has a room full of stuffed animals. She'll be fine. (laughs) I know. That's all she wants to. That's all she wants anyway. But Amanda runs over to her house to go get Nanny, and she isn't anywhere. She runs upstairs, she hears a car door slam, and she jumps over the bed with her shoes on, and I don't like that. I don't like shoes on the bed. I don't like it at all. Uh, She looks outside to see Nanny with some suitcases about to leave. Amanda runs outside, uh, again, trampling over the bed with her shoes on. Yeah, she just doesn't care. She doesn't give a shit about that. Her shoes are probably filthy, but whatever. Um, she finds, she runs outside and grabs Nanny and she tells her, 
that she has to come with her into the haunted house. Nanny says she's leaving because she isn't wanted there anymore. Which I was like, come on now. I mean, Beth has been a huge bitch to you. I mean, it's true. You. No one wants her. Yeah. Beth's been a huge bitch to you. I'm sure this isn't the first incident. And finally, you're like, I'm not wanted here. Makes no sense. And Dottie's like a mental breakdown away from murder. Whatever. Amanda tells her she is needed. And then she shows her the necklace, which matches with the one that Nanny already has. Nanny shows the picture of the little girl. The little girl shows the picture of Nanny. It's adorable. And Amanda just takes Nanny by the hand and they head over to the house, even though the whole way Nanny's like, no, no, it's too hard. <laughs> she's like, yeah, she just drags this old sloppy woman up yeah. the stairs. Yeah, she's just no, like, you're coming with me, grandma. <laughs> um, they make their way into the bedroom and Nanny is finally reunited with her baby daughter. Um, I thought this was just a really nice scene. Uh, the ghost points to the mirror where Beth is still seen and the Beth like moves to the side really quick. And the mother and daughter walk together into the mirror and they're happily reunited on the mirror. Yeah, and like, is Nanny dead now? I think Nanny's dead now, yeah. I think that's what it signi- signifies. She chose death? Mm-hmm. Well, there's nothing in death there. Death with her daughter was... over life with Beth? <laughs> yeah, yep. That's what she chose. I mean, so I'm assuming that her husband must have died in the war. She didn't have anybody else anyway, so <clears throat> I thought it was a really nice ending yeah, for her. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice ending for Nanny and for the ghost. Uh, I was yeah. just thinking about the taxi driver and how he must be waiting there with this woman's luggage, waiting <laughs> for her to come down. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> He's like, come on, old lady, you don't got all day. Like, the, the, the toll uh, is He's going to die out. and become a lonely ghost. Like, oh, she's coming back someday. <laughs> yeah, Beth and Dottie have That's to, That's the like, next episode. <laughs> the taxi cab's just there for hours, and Beth and Dottie have to take up the, the It's going to become fare. a phantom cab. It's going to become the phantom debt. So Beth is stuck in the mirror, and all of her gal pals walk in for some reason, and also, for whatever reason, Beth doesn't hear them come in because they're like, hey, Amanda, um, D- Aunt Dottie said that you guys were in here. But Beth doesn't hear that. And this is when Amanda exacts her revenge. Amanda tells Beth that she'll let her out if she stops bossing her and her friends around, which Beth agrees to. Amanda opens the closet door and Beth slumps out like a dead body. <laughs> um, Beth's friends don't even like notice or care that beth's stuck in an alternate dimension in the mirror nope well they don't even know anymore because after the lonely ghost and nanny walk through the mirror it just becomes like a regular closet and beth is just stuck in the closet and you know i don't understand how amanda like knows that once she opens the door beth is going to be on the other side you just take a chance you open doors and see what's on the other side yeah i know like what if she opened it and beth wasn't on the other side and she was just like well, sorry, girls. She's a ghost now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm the new leader. See ya. <laughs> I'm the new Beth. And she, like, attaches <laughs> bangs to her head. <laughs> so that's the end of the story. And we head back over to the Midnight Society. Uh, Kristen asks what happened after that. And David tells him that Amanda had a great summer for the rest of the summer. And they even let Beth hang out with her and her friends. Aw, that's so cute. Everyone tells him it was a great story, and um, I thought it was pretty good, too. Gary dumps water on the fire. Frank and Eric make up a little bit. 
<laughs> kind of. And David asks Kristen to open the present he gave her, um, even though her birthday is next week and he could have just waited a fucking week. But whatever. It's a locket, just like the one in his story. Kristen loves it, puts it on. It's perfect. And Kristen gives David a smooch on the cheek. And that's the end of the episode. I thought giving her a locket in after that story was kind of threatening. Ooh. Like, I'm going to take you into the mirror world forever. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know what? You don't really want to give a girl a present based on the scary story you just said where people died. But yeah. I'm not David, you know, I'm not. Whatever. If he th- It got him a smooch on the cheek, so it worked in the end. Yeah, good on you, man. Yeah, right. So overall, I like the story. I think it wrapped it up more so than uh, the other two stories in my eyes. And, you know, the part that I, I think looking back on it as a 30-year-old man with a wife and kid, you know, I just really liked the happy ending that it gave. It was, uh, it was sweet. I'm really glad that Nanny got to be stuck in the afterlife. Oh, that sounds terrible. But <laughs> <laughs> I really like. It's what happened. Yeah, I really like that. It was satisfying. Nanny got to be with her daughter that she hadn't seen. And, you know, she died in such a horrible way. I would. Ugh, I don't like that story that Beth told. Well, like, as a parent, like, the idea of your child dying is, like, the scariest thing you can think of. It is, yeah. So, in that aspect, this is, like, the scariest episode. But the actual horror of the episode, like, the horror, the scary part of this episode is meant to come from the ghost. Right. But the ghost isn't scary, like, ever. No, you're the right. ghost just stands there and points and like seems nice the whole time. It never tries to scare Amanda. She just gets scared because she's lame. Yeah, so it's never actually scary. No, you're right. I don't know why I was which, so scared of it as a kid. Which is, you know, fine. Like every episode doesn't need to be like horror horror. Yeah. But, you know... It's kind of just a sweet story more than anything, and it Beth, Beth's the best part of the episode. It is, I agree. You know, I think maybe I like this episode, you know, not just because it kind of tugs at my heartstrings being an, um, a parent and the loss of a child and then getting to be reunited with her in the end, but it has those, it has the best acting so far. Yeah, Beth is a huge bitch, but she does it well, in my opinion. Yeah, and then you have Amanda, the opposite, the the reader book bookish type who is just sweet. You know, she's sweet. She's she's a little boring, but that's okay. And they complement each other really well. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and then there's Dottie, who's a fucking batshit not so. Yeah, bad. Dottie actually sucks. She's crazy. Now that I think about it, yeah, she's just this sociopath when i don't like her so that's what i thought about it overall i thought it was good i liked it i feel really bad that last week i kind of gave you the impression that it wasn't going to be a good episode and i apologize for that well it was horrible just like you said (laughs) so next week we're going to be checking out the tale of the twisted claw which if you remember right is the First episode that actually aired back in Canada um, in 1990. And now it's the fourth episode in the U.S. release. So 
We're getting back there. Yeah. So you hear the tale of the Phantom Claw. No, damn it. So you, <laughs> so you hear the tale of the Twisted Claw. What kind of story do you think comes out of that? Uh, what it sounds like to me is that a 12-year-old kid... Yep, classic. He wants to take part in a video game tournament, but he's not good enough. Mm-hmm. So he finds a genie okay. and wishes that he would be really skilled at video games. Okay. And the genie grants the wish, of course, because he's a genie and he has to. Yeah. Uh, but he's one of those asshole genies. Okay. And he joins, probably, let's say, a Mortal Kombat tournament, but it wouldn't be Mortal Kombat. It would be some kind of fake, like, killer combat or something. And uh, he wins the tournament, mm-hmm. but his hand <laughs> is twisted into a claw from into clutching claw. at the fighting stick. And <laughs> an angry mob chases him out of town because he's turned into a monster. Okay. I like that. That's probably what it is. I like that. Well, we'll see next week if you're right on that one. Um, again, though, this week I forgot. Uh, we got to go back to the tale yep. of the Lonely Ghost. Uh, I remember last week we we talked about how generic of a title this is. So given that we've seen the episode, what kind of a title do you think would be more... Uh, what kind of title do you think would be better for this episode? The tale of the non-threatening ghost. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the tale of the bitchy cousin. Uh, tale of the teddy bear army. <laughs> the tale of the backwards help me. Yeah. I like those. All much better than the lonely ghost. Which, as you said last week, is basically just the tale of the ghost. <laughs> yes. She didn't even really say anything about being lonely, but... She doesn't really say anything at all because she can't talk. All right. Anything else that we should go over? No. Okay. Well, I don't know about you, Brandon, but I've been up all night and I'm tired. I'm about ready for bed. Good night. All right. Good night, man. And we will catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Don't touch my stuff.